This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors, as well as the occasional guest, to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you. Mental health problems are common with Parkinson's disease, affecting up to 50% of people sometime in their lives. Whether related to the disease itself, medications to treat it, or just accompanying the disease, the first step is to recognize the problems and then to find appropriate treatment since many of the problems can be alleviated. As we always say at the end of these podcasts, our mission at the Parkinson's Foundation is to help you live the best possible life today, and mental health is an integral contributor to quality of life. In this episode, geriatric psychiatrist Mary Hart Bryan of the Medical University of South Carolina elucidates some of the more common mental health problems that occur with PD. The first step in overcoming them is to recognize them, then to bring them to the attention of your neurologist, and then to find an appropriate health professional, since most of these problems can be alleviated with proper treatment. Up to 50% of people who have Parkinson's will have some psychiatric symptoms at some point in time, sometimes even preceding the diagnosis or the, the motor symptoms of Parkinson's. Some of the most common that we see are depression, anxiety, apathy is also common, sometimes psychosis or psychotic symptoms that we can talk about. And there are others, but those are kind of the main that we see and treat in our clinic. Is apathy different from depression or can they be confused? They can. So depression is very common in Parkinson's disease. And like I said, it can even precede motor symptoms. But depression is your mood is down, you know, you feel sad, you don't enjoy things as much as you once did, you may feel hopeless. You can have changes in your appetite or sleep patterns. So a person who's depressed may withdraw from activities. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. Classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly, Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least. Weekly Health and Fitness Corner. Also, check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast, for that real life on the go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC the truest story never told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. and just not do the things that they once did. If someone has apathy, they may appear to be depressed because they're not initiating activities or doing things that they once did, 
But once they are encouraged to start an activity, they're able to enjoy it, whereas a person with depression isn't. They're not enjoying activities that they once enjoyed because of the depression. And apathy can come with Parkinson's disease. It can be a symptom. Oftentimes, the person who has apathy won't recognize the apathy and they're not bothered by it, but it can be really upsetting to their family, friends who don't understand why, you know, their loved one isn't getting up to do the things that they once did and seems content to just sort of not be engaged in life as they were. What kind of treatments are there for apathy and for depression? Apathy can be a little bit harder to treat. If there's not depression, apathy won't respond to an antidepressant. Usually, rather than starting with medications to treat apathy, we'll usually just take more of a behavioral approach and really enlist caregivers, friends, and family to schedule activities and just, you know, kind of motivate the person to get back involved in aspects of life that they've dropped off. With depression, you know, depending on the severity of depression, there are kind of two modes of treatment. One is doing psychotherapy. And one that we commonly recommend is cognitive behavioral therapy. So that's kind of one avenue. Sometimes a person doesn't want to do therapy or sometimes depression is more severe and also needs medication treatment. So there are several antidepressants that have been shown to have good effect in people with Parkinson's disease. There's not one antidepressant that is specifically recommended for Parkinson's although there is some evidence that some have worked in Parkinson's disease. But, you know, oftentimes it ends up being either therapy or medication or a combination of both. Does exercise have any role in ameliorating either of these conditions? People always say exercise is good for people with Parkinson's just in terms of progression and the disease itself. Yes, absolutely. Exercise is a great treatment for depression. And again, with apathy, a person with apathy may not be motivated to exercise, but when they do, they feel better. I think it definitely could help someone with apathy, but certainly with depression. You know, it boosts endorphins. It has a beneficial effect on mood. And definitely exercise should be part of the recommendations for someone who's depressed. Are there also potential problems of psychosis in Parkinson's disease, and how would that be treated? There are. So, you know, depression is very common, but we do see quite a bit of psychosis. You know, what psychosis is can be delusions, and then there can be also be hallucinations. So a delusion is kind of a belief that's not reality-based, often paranoid in nature. So delusions or paranoia could be feeling like your spouse is being unfaithful or your friend is turned against you, that sort of thing. So that's a delusion. But people with Parkinson's also can have hallucinations, commonly visual hallucinations. So this can range from anywhere to an illusion where you see an object, you know, that's really there and it appears to be something else to actually having frank visual hallucinations and seeing objects that aren't in the room. So oftentimes people with Parkinson's are aware that, you know, they're having a visual hallucination. And so they're able to kind of, you know, reassure themselves and say, oh, I know that's not real, but sometimes this can become very distressing. And at that point, oftentimes we will recommend medications for the psychotic symptoms. It's important to note that, you know, psychosis with Parkinson's disease 
It can just be a part of the progression or the Parkinson's illness itself, but also the medications used to treat the motor symptoms of Parkinson's can also, as a side effect, increase delusions and hallucinations in people that are prone to having them. Some medications for Parkinson's disease are associated with potential impulse control disorders. As you said, there may be hallucinations. But what about underlying conditions that people just have and then they get Parkinson's disease? People have bipolar disorder or obsessive compulsive, schizoaffective. So where does the neurologist end in treating these things and the psychiatrist begins and should they be part of the team? Yes, absolutely. Especially, you know, in a person that has, you know, a psychiatric disorder, whether it be depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, substance use disorders. If that person develops Parkinson's disease, it would be great to have a psychiatrist on the team and the neurologist would most likely make that referral because it's a lot to manage the Parkinson's and then with any other complex treatment regimen that the patient is on for you know, their primary psychiatric disorder. And there are a lot of interactions between medications. The medications that are very necessary to help with the Parkinson's symptoms can interfere with the medicines that are necessary. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. Classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly, Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least. Weekly Health and Fitness Corner. Also, check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast, for that real life on the go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy, who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. You know, for the psychiatric symptoms. And so there's a balance and a lot of psychiatrists, particularly geriatric psychiatrists like myself, are comfortable and want to work with neurologists in managing, you know, patients like this. Are psychiatric disorders in Parkinson's disease under-recognized and therefore under-treated? They are. I think in general, psychiatric symptoms, diseases are under-recognized oftentimes because of the stigma or, you know, people just don't feel comfortable talking to their doctors about it. Going into a neurology appointment, there are a lot of things going on, a lot of problems that need to be addressed. And so the, the psychiatric symptoms can kind of fall to the bottom of the list. So yes, I think they are kind of underdiagnosed and undertreated, and it's such an important part of just overall wellness and having a healthy, happy, productive life that really being able to recognize these in yourself or having others point them out and then taking those to your neurologist is a very, very important first step. 
what sort of feelings should people be aware of and bring up with their doctor? I mean, as you said, they're usually talking about motor symptoms and things like that, but quality of life depends on this entirety of uh, experience. Talking about if depression is there, not being able to get pleasure or enjoyment with anxiety. Anxiety can be common in people with Parkinson's and there can be excessive worry, maybe keeping people up at night, changes in appetite, withdrawal from social activities. And then, you know, more serious symptoms would be feeling hopeless, having thoughts that life isn't worth living, or you wish you were dead, or suicidal thoughts. I mean, those would immediately need to be addressed with your neurologist. So it's kind of a range, but any of those would be important to talk about. Without getting into it too deeply, but is the person with Parkinson's disease the only one affected with mood, emotional, and mental issues, or how about the care partner? That's a really good question. So caregivers are also at a high risk of having depression, a, a greater chance than you know someone that's not in a caregiver role. So at least half of caregivers at some point will feel depressed for a lot of reasons. Just the situation, worrying about their loved one, and it takes a toll. It takes a toll on physical and mental health to take care of another person. So we do screen caregivers as well for depression. Depression is sort of the main thing, but anxiety as well, and really encourage the caregiver to reach out and get support, whether it be a Parkinson's disease caregiver support group or mental health support, psychotherapy, or talking to their primary care doctor about possibly taking a medication. The caregiver can't be there for their loved one if their mental health is suffering. So encouraging them to take care of that is very important for the entire family. What about dementia in Parkinson's disease? We can't get into it fully here, but what about recognizing that and treating it? Dementia is common in Parkinson's disease. It can be a neuro kind of psychiatric symptom that develops. There's a lot to talk about with dementia. There are different issues that go on with dementia. There are medications that can be beneficial. I think one thing to say about Parkinson's dementia is that when people are depressed, they can't think as clearly. The same with anxiety. And so I think trying to tease out when someone is presenting with cognitive concerns, that they're not remembering things, they can't focus, is to really try to tease out initially, is there depression, is there anxiety? And if so, get those treated, because those are treatable and can reverse this cognitive deficit that patients are experiencing. You know, whereas there is dementia, then that does need to be addressed and managed, but in an entirely different way. What would you say is the take-home message to people with Parkinson's and their caregivers, especially if they think they're experiencing anything we've been talking about? My take-home message is talk to your doctor about it for the person with Parkinson's or the caregiver, if the caregiver is struggling. And if you don't feel comfortable talking to your neurologist, talk to your primary care doctor. You know, if you don't want to do that, find a psychiatrist, but definitely get these concerns addressed because these conditions are treatable and really can improve quality of life when they're addressed. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.